Hey, Dream Builders, welcome back to another awesome episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. Today, I have the incredible Janine Wirth on the show. She is a trauma therapist, a clinical hypnotherapist, and a business coach. She is known as the Trauma Whisperer, and she's an internationally recognized trauma expert. She combines therapy with modern modalities to help female entrepreneurs all over the world heal and find their purpose so that they can create impact and financial freedom. I can't wait for you guys to meet Janine right after this. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome, Janine. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely. I love having people on the show that do similar things that I do. And um, one of the things that you do is clinical hypnotherapy, but I love how you pair that with business coaching, which I think is so cool. And it just kind of speaks to, you know, the, um, the breadth of knowledge that you have between like all the different things that you can do and even trauma too. And I definitely would love to chat a little bit about that. But first and foremost, I always start with this question and it's this. People don't usually come out of school, come out of university and say, I want to be a trauma therapist or I want to be a hypnotherapist. (laughs) Yet somehow all of us dream designers have made our way into a career that is rewarding and really lights us up, you know, and we're sacral generators. So Um, that being said, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you go from, you know, little girl to all of these incredible things? So I have quite a complex relationship with trauma, meaning that I had a mother who experienced trauma. And back in the day, it wasn't something that people sort of went out of their way to speak about or to educate themselves or seek help. It's more the let's sweep it under the carpet and hope it goes away kind of approach. So my childhood was not the best. And then I had some big T trauma on the day that I got my driver's license. So at that time, I was living in South Africa. And there you get it at the age of 18. And that night, I wanted to go out and celebrate with my friends this new milestone, who finally, you know, this leap into adulthood. And unfortunately, I never made it to the restaurant because that night I survived a carjacking, kidnapping, and attempted rape at gunpoint. So in that moment, when you're confronted with that situation, you know, very often we talk about the fight, flight, or freeze response, and you don't know what your default setting is until it happens. And mine happens to be fight, because when my attacker put his gun to my head and said, take off all your clothes, I had this full body experience where it felt like a volcano of rage erupted. I said to him, I looked him straight in the eye and I said, 
you will have to kill me first. And he was so shocked in that moment because in his mind, that's not how the script goes. I'm supposed to cry, plead, beg for my life, you know, and he's then going to have his way with me. And I, in that moment, used that shock because now he was so disoriented to start negotiating with his accomplice and said, take my car. You've already got all my valuables. Just go. And they were then conversing with each other in their own language. And eventually his accomplice, which was the more humane one of the two, could convince him to leave me there and to go. So that whole experience coupled with, you know, they had a shootout with the police and I eventually got my car back. But about a week after that, I was in my car on a parking lot waiting to pick up a friend and another friend who didn't know what had happened to me tried to prank me by creeping up on my car and slamming his hand on my driver window. And in that moment, it was as if I had a panic attack. You know, it, I had heart palpitations. It felt like I couldn't breathe. And I thought to myself, this is not how I want to live my life. I am now at the point where I'm supposed to be getting independent, really starting to, you know, go my own way. But if this is how it's going to be every time I leave the house, so I decided to go to a therapist myself and I was diagnosed with PTSD. And in that first session, something amazing happened because obviously, you know, it's the intake. We talk about the experience, why we're there. And my therapist said something that I will never forget. He said to me, had you had a picture perfect childhood you probably would have reacted completely differently. And I don't know if we would be here having this conversation now because that probably would have ended completely differently, that entire situation. He said, because of your childhood and this feeling that you can only rely on yourself, when it, you know push came to shove, and you were confronted like that, you stood up for yourself in a way that most people won't. And that I feel is the resilience you've built up because of your childhood. And that was the very first moment ever that I had any grain of gratitude for the experiences that I had. Because as a child, you're growing up, you're thinking, why did I land in this situation? Like, why am I in this family? Why are these things this way? Because obviously we compare ourselves to our friends, right? And in that moment, I was like, okay, maybe I can have gratitude for those experiences because in a way it saved my life. And uh, I then started my own sort of little research journey. I'm a 5'1", so that one in human design loves the research. And I started reading everything I could get my hands on because I knew from experience that trauma affects the way we parent, I want to see how else it can affect your life. And it affects the way we show up in relationships. It affects how well we do in our careers. All of these things are connected to it. And I went on to have, you know, a successful corporate career. 
And then one of my best friends unexpectedly got cancer. And the progression was so quick. Within six months, he was in hospice. And on his deathbed, he said to me, make sure you're doing what you love because I thought I would have more time. And that started this whole 360 experience for me because there's this thing, it sounds so morbid, but it really helped me to find what I consider to now be my purpose, where it's called the tombstone test. And basically, you imagine that you've come to the end of your life and what would it say on your tombstone? And at that point, it was, she traveled a lot, missed her children, and made a big corporation a lot of money. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, um, I need to change a few things. And luckily, I have a very supportive husband. And he said to me, well, if you want to change, now is the time. Because my children were a little bit older. And I was at this point where I could change if I wanted to. And that started this whole journey of becoming a therapist, going on to doing clinical hypnotherapy, because I have feelings about traditional therapy and how hypnotherapy can get us further a lot faster. And because of my almost two decades of experience in corporate, a lot of the women that I, were work I was working with were either in corporate careers wanting to change or they were entrepreneurs and said, okay, now that you've helped me with these self-sabotaging behaviors, could you help me in my business? And that just brought everything together so nicely because I almost felt it was a pity to lose all of that corporate experience. But now I found a way to sort of bring it all together. Wow. That's like three lives lived in one. Incredible. And, you know, there were a lot of things you said that, <clears throat> that I resonate, uh, resonated with the complex PTSD, the essay, um, you know, for me, it wasn't almost, it was. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I recognize a lot of that. And, and one of the things I think that you said that really stuck out for me is when, when you come from this situation, um, you know, my, um, my coach talks about it, like there's the beloved daughter and there's the rejected daughter, right? The, the Janier's sister, um, when you come from that rejected daughter kind of paradigm, you, you wonder for a very long time, like, what's wrong with me? What wasn't lovable enough about me? What did I do? What did I say? Why didn't I fit in? Why did I not make them happy? Right? Like what, if I could go back and do it again, it's almost like you don't even know what you'd change, right? Like there isn't this awareness of like, what could even be different. And then one day you realize that everything you went through made you who you are today. And if you hadn't had that sharpening, you know, and I, and I believe, um, I, I, I genuinely know, cause believe is kind of still, you know, still doubt. I know that we make contracts with other souls before we come here. And we have this idea of like what experience we want to have when we come to this planet. You know, uh, Dr. Sue Mortar talks about it in the bus stop conversation. She says that we're all sitting around a 
the bus stop on the way to, you know, earth and somebody, you know, says, you know, what kind of experience do you want to have when you go down there? And somebody says, well, I think I want to have an experience of um, extreme forgiveness and all the other souls get quiet and they look at them and they're like, oh, are you going to do that? And they're like, well, you know, I was thinking like maybe if my entire family perished in an accident from a drunk driver, like that would be a really great way for me to have to go inside myself to forgive. And they just look at this soul, like deadpan, like, yeah, that, that do it. And then they say, but you know, I have one question. Would anybody here be willing to volunteer to be the driver? And another little soul, little quiet soul in the back says, you know, this time I'm coming to earth and I, I want to have the experience of learning how to forgive myself, learning how to live a good life despite doing the unthinkable. So I'll be the driver. And then they come to earth and they completely forget that they ever had that conversation. And so once I understood that and I recognized that the people in my life who had done the things that they had done that caused me to be the way that I was, that it was all for a purpose. Because like you said, we would not be the people we are. We would not be the, the lighthouses that we are. We would not be so grateful for life and for our gifts to be able to serve others had we not undergone what we did. So I find so much, you know, resonance in what you said there. Um, and it's just, it's just a beautiful testament to why things seem sometimes to be terrible. And there's so much hate and anger and, and sadness. It's all part of the puzzle. And, and at, on a human level, that's so hard to grasp. Yeah. But from an existential perspective, it's it's all perfect. So yes. thank you. And I think that. when we're in the thick of it, when we are still, you know, dealing with the wound instead of the scar, it's difficult to lose, you know, to find that perspective because one of the questions that I get asked the most by my clients is, I wonder who I would have been if X, Y, and Z hadn't happened to me. Mm -hmm. But that's not the right question. Right. Because when we are in that perfect state, feeling so brave, and we have all of these gifts, and we decide on that journey, <laughs> we make it from a place of I'm going here to learn these lessons and see those lessons as gifts. But sometimes they don't feel like gifts. And, you know, very often it's our families or the people that are closest to us that hurt us the most. But we also have to take that perspective of they're here for their journey and their own lessons and their own experiences to be whoever it is that they want, wanted to be or came here to be. And you can't have those journeys without the people, like almost like actors playing their parts. 100%. Um, so I think, I don't know if you know this, but my, my youngest son, I have five children. My youngest son 
was born with um, a genetic disorder, which apparently I'm a carrier for. So when he was born, you know, he, he doesn't sit up. He doesn't talk. He doesn't walk. He's three. Um, he makes noises. Eye contact now, which is lovely. He's, he's a love. I adore him. Um, but the thing about Omri is that when he was born and when we found out something was different about him, I spent a lot of time blaming myself for what was wrong and thinking of all the ways that he was lacking, right? Like all the things he didn't have, how I had to fix him, how I had to make him better, how I had to, you know, do whatever I needed to do to, to fill in those cracks. And one day I, I had this source download that said, look, he was always going to be this person. He was always going to be this person. The question I didn't ask you, I didn't ask you, do you want your child to have special needs? I didn't ask you that. I asked you, this child has special needs. Do you want to be his mom? Hmm. And I just like, I lost it. I was just like, absolutely 100% unequivocally. Yes. Like that he came here to be that person. And it's just a question. Do you want to be in his life or not? Yeah. Resoundingly. Yes. But we don't think of it from that perspective. We always feel, you know, especially as moms, right? Like we try so hard to make sure our kids have a good experience and we don't want to be like our parents were, but we're really only part of the equation. They're here to do their own thing. They're here to have their own experiences. And some of what interaction we have with them is going to give them trauma with a little T is going to harm them in some way. And we have to be okay with that. You know, if there's that inadvertent messiness, because it's what makes them them and it's what makes us us. And we have to feel like we really have to, I mean, obviously don't go out and be horrible to your children, but there will be things that your child will be sitting on a couch someday and say, and then my mom did this. Like for me, I have emotional outbursts when I feel like my boundaries are violated and I'm surrounded by kids, I lose my mind. And I know that they hate when I yell or they hate when I freak out and it's much better than my parents were, but I know that it still has that response and I could eat myself alive about that. But at the same time, I know that I talk to them about it. I explain why it is. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's one step removed from that. Just, I don't know why mommy's mad at me. Like they'll never have that. They'll have the, oh yeah, my mom used to yell all the time. But not that my mom used to yell all the time and I had no idea why. And I went to bed sad every night. That's not, that's never going to be us. I don't know how I got in that tangent, but I just, I relate to you so much in what you're saying. Um, and, and, and you're so right. Like people, when they give themselves permission to be on their own journey, it just opens up such a freedom to, to live your life, you know? Yes. I think that each of us from these experiences, so I know from my childhood experience what kind of mother I want to be, right? So for me, that has been such a, it's played such a big role in deciding how I show up in life because I know that I don't want to give my children a childhood they need to heal from. That has been like one of the driving factors in my life. So when I'm faced with situations, I all 
very often, if not always, look at how would this have been handled in my childhood and how am I going to show up? And I think that awareness plays such a big role because there's a difference between, and I'm sure you come across this in your work as well, someone who says, well, this has happened to me. Now I'm just going to be this way and I'm going to put up a tent and create a camp in this victim mode. Or there's people that can say, well, this has happened to me. I can't change it, change that. But what's the gift in that situation? What can I take from that? I'd call it the coal. And what can I turn into diamonds? Mm -hmm. And very often the women that I work with are who I call bloodline disruptors. They're the ones that change the status quo. They're the ones that are willing to say this, especially when it comes to generational patterns and generational traumas, they I'm the one that's going to change this. I'm going to want to be the one that's brave enough to do the work, go on this healing journey, find the mentors and the practitioners, and I'm going to be the one that's going to pass on something different. And I feel that that is very important as well because it's part of this bigger picture. And I think that when we are in the thick of it, it's very easy to lose sight of that bigger picture. 100%. And I agree. I, I think I'm, I'm one of those people that says, you know, it ends with me. Like I'll do the work that the last however many generations never did. You know, that's okay. Like I'm, I'm here to do that. And I know my, you know, my incarnation cross in human design is the right angle cross of defiance. So I'm literally here to challenge the status quo all the time and give zero Fs about it. Right. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a five, one, two, uh, five, one thing also. Um, but it's so true, right? Like, like we're not, we're not here to continue the patterns. We're here to unravel the patterns. And, and I, I feel, and I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like I do so much healing through my children. Like when I make a different choice, it's like it goes back in time and makes a different choice for me. Like with my daughter, she is me all over again. Not, I mean, she's her own person, but it's like, right. And so when I make a choice that is different than what my parents would have done, I feel like it goes back in time and gives that little Amy Lee a hug. I really believe that. I don't even think like it's metaphorical. I genuinely believe it happens. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, that's one of the, the steps that I always recommend people start with when people say, okay, well, I know that my childhood wasn't perfect. I know that I've had some big T trauma experiences. Where do I start? My starting place is always inner child healing. And I have a specific pro, you know, process for that. But it is also in the little things, as you say, because when I make a different decision it's part of this reparenting of saying oh in this situation actually you don't have to throw a brush at your child or beat your child you can actually react like this mm -hmm. and that's part of this reparenting process and I think that's what what you're feeling and describing there is this reparenting yourself and showing yourself 
it can be different. I choose to be different and my child is going to experience different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's at the point now where my daughter will say something like, you guys, mom feels overwhelmed. There's too much energy. Let her go relax for a couple of minutes. She'll be back. And I'm like, yes, that's it. You know, like, it's not, I'm not mad at you. You don't have to think later. Like, why was she so upset? And, and, and I think that that's, it's just been so beautiful for me and for them because they, they know in their heart of heart of hearts, how much I love them. And they also know that their mother's a human and she struggles. And to have that healthy combination of like, she adores us and she's a a hot mess. Right. And it, it's going to really model good boundaries for them when they grow up that I get to take time away from the kids. I get to go hide in my room if the energy is too much, you know, I mean, they're all empaths like me. So, and I think three, three of them are emotional, emotional, um, many gens. So, or what one's an emotional projector, but, um, yeah, like it's, it's so beautiful to have a different experience and, I think, I think it's awesome that you agree with that because oh, we could talk forever, Janine, I feel like, but we definitely want to start wrapping up. So tell us a little bit about kind of how can people find you? How can they work with you? Um, anything that you want to share, you know, that they can just kind of take a tiptoe into, into your world. Okay. So on social media, I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is therapist underscore Janine Worth. Worth is W-I-R-T-H, not O. And I'm often in my stories showing behind the scenes of my life. And if your community would like a nice gift, I can give them a guided hypnosis audio for inner child healing specifically, where that first sort of step on this reparenting process can start. And if they are interested, if they resonate with this feeling or this idea of being the bloodline disruptor, they can find information on Instagram in my link tree about that because I have something coming up next month, a group program specifically for women who, when they look at their bloodline, specifically the women in their bloodline, they can see women that had skills but never had the opportunities to really create that wealth where women were dependent on men or where there's a lot of physical, emotional, sexual trauma, because that does get carried down. I'm sure you've seen that graphic where it shows um, a woman who's pregnant and then that's your grandmother. And then it shows your mother in your grandmother's womb and then women are born with all their eggs in their body already there's a little egg and it says that's you and how that gets carried down it's this whole movement of helping women to break generational trauma do wealth recoding and just say that this stops with them and they're going to pass on something differently that sounds incredible. And yes, we will definitely take that information. And if you guys have any questions for Janine, um, Janine, of course, if you're in the group, 
you can drop them in the comments and she will get back with you um, at her convenience. And if you guys are listening out in podcast land, all the goodies are in the show notes. So you can check those out. And if you guys are on YouTube, uh, we would love it if you would like and subscribe to the show. And of course, go give Janine a like and a subscribe as well on all her goodies. Um, so thank you so much, Janine, for being here today. This has been a phenomenal conversation. And um, it's always good to meet another 5-1. And I really appreciate you being so candid about these topics. Um, and I'm really excited for people to find you and to get into your world. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for providing a platform where people like me can share our stories in a safe space and hopefully show other women that they're not alone. They've got this. And together, we have everything that we need to make that difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so well said. Thank you. So that'll do it for this episode of the Dream Design Podcast. Until next time, when I come back with another great guest, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe. Hey, Dream Builder, are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? more human design, law of attraction, and manifestation, then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams, a monthly group coaching call with me, and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.